Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Thursday night live from Studio 6B. We are in the building. 8 o'clock on the East Coast. Glad you're in, Paul Nolan. You okay over there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little hot coffee spill. Look out. Coming coffee. in. Coming in hot. I'm suing you. With <laughs> I didn't spill it. I know, but it's your place and it's your coffee and your coffee is unnaturally hot. And I, <laughs> I scalded myself and uh, I'm suing you. Okay, Rough very, data. Very Rough good. Data, we have a case. Very good. Uh, Paul Nolan's here with the news, at least for now. Uh, Rick, Del- <laughs> Rick Delgado's here. Uh, Rick Amorati's got sports. Geo Fran holding it down as always. We're off tomorrow. Let me remind you of this up front. Uh, no show tomorrow. Big rally. Come on, big rally time. Ed and Karen tomorrow going to take you through most of the day. Steve Bannon will be on at 5, but Ed and Karen and Terrence will pick it back up, I believe, at 6. Big rally, rally tomorrow. President Trump in North Carolina, and you got a great. Uh, you okay there? I'm making quite a <laughs> ruckus. Quite a mess. I'm so sorry, man. Um, just quite roll. the lineup. You're going to hear from um, quite quite a lineup tomorrow there in that rally, so it should be good. Lock it in on Real America's Voice. Uh, Rick Delgado, how are you? Good, good. I'm enjoying the uh, full screen of Paul cleaning up the mess he just made. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, Turning his stuff upside down, nice shaking, shaking the coffee out of it. Five seconds Once. before air. <laughs> Rick Emirati, uh, in your Prince Purple tonight, looking good. Yes. How are you? All right, Big D, how are we doing tonight? Very good. We have a game tonight? Odds makers tonight, baby. We got a game tonight, 820 down in Cleveland. We'll pick that one next segment. And don't forget, we got to do odds makers because we're not here tomorrow. We That's got right. the whole weekend, baby. We are not here tomorrow, so we need some college and professional. Week four already, college football. We hit the quarter pole already. Yep. It's unbelievable how fast it goes. Week three in the NFL. Yep. Still quite a ways to go there, but uh, we'll make those picks for the odds makers at the end of the show. Um, lots to do. Wasn't here yesterday. My son had some basketball I was attending. It was very good. Uh, thanks to David Zier, as always, always, uh, for sitting in. Rick uh, Delgado, of course, and Slick Rick for doing the show. Geo Fran, everybody. Uh, lots to talk about. So I was going to start with this last night before I realized that I wasn't going to be here. And um, why, do I, why am I going to start here? Well, because as we keep talking, as we get closer to November, I want you to know everything that's going on out there. I know a lot of you, you know, we're lucky enough to have you end your day with us, but I don't know how much other stuff that you're seeing, listening to. Um, I spend most of my day listening to a lot of different things to hear what's trying to go, what's going on. And we see yesterday, and I'm sure the guys covered a little bit last night about Letitia James, this, um, in in a case that you wouldn't even have found on Judge Wapner when he was on TV or (laughs) Judge Judy would have thrown it out probably. Um, but we'll get to her. And, of course, she's, I believe, losing right now. Of course In she New is. York. I would love Judge Judy to have presided over this one. How fun would that have been? Just ripping her and 
a new one. Get out of here with your frivolous nonsense and your and your pandering. But I think she knows it's frivolous, and I think it's I think it's there to serve a bigger point, and that's why I want to start with this, um, so that everybody's aware of what's going on. And again, I I can only bring this to you because. I found it. Not a lot of people are talking about it, which is kind of surprising because I thought this was a jaw-dropping clip. Now, again, I can't tell you that this is 100% accurate. I can't even tell you that it's 1% accurate. I can only play it for you. Uh, Steve Dace is on The Blaze, does a podcast for them. Um, Very good. Very well-informed in touch with what's going on. Conservative media, conservative talk conservative circles i would say pretty big show very big show not pretty big very big show very big audience well connected in the even though i think he's out of iowa um very well connected in dc and um he had this to say on his show yesterday roll that g I teased this on Twitter last night uh, at the top of the show. I got a call from a very trusted little birdie yesterday evening. This little birdie told me that tomorrow, this civil lawsuit that was filed today by Letitia James, the New York State Attorney General, was coming. Also told me that it would be expanded to Trump's children. That this is essentially a, um, and this is an attempt to launch a fraud investigation to find fraud. Like, you know, maybe maybe you can find Trump, you know, playing a little loosey-goosey with some of the, you know, property values and things that a lot of, you know, one percenter of one percenters in Manhattan do and no one says a word about. Uh, but but they, they want to use that as a launching pad to have an expansive discovery into all of his endeavors and everything that his children, including his precious Ivanka, are involved in as well. Along those lines... Trump will be indicted by the Department of Justice that he is telling confidants that that is coming. He is now confident of it, that the January 6th hearings were done with the intent of an audience of one. And that audience was Merrick Garland to to provide him the prima facie um, explanation or rationale to launch or or to indict him as a former sitting president. Um, that he previously did not think he would be indicted, but now he is telling close confidence that confidants that he will be, and that he might be facing several matters that he thinks they'll get an indictment out of that county in Georgia. You know, so Georgia steals an election, then turns around and, in, and indicts him for daring to say you stole the election. Uh, family members will, are, are facing legal actions. Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, he's telling people he believes will get indicted. That he is telling people that he believes his legal bills right now are looking to be in the tens of millions. Now, I know what people will say to that because it's what I said to my birdie. Well, he's a billionaire. Who cares? Yes, but yet my birdie reminded me, uh, go back and look at what Trump spent out of his own pocket for the 2016 campaign when he had to start from scratch as opposed to being the nominee all the way through in 2020. He spent less than $70 million in a campaign where about a billion dollars was spent in his candidacy. That he, my, my little birdie said, hey, look at Elon Musk. Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. He's still financing the deal with Twitter. These guys aren't like liquid at that level. And the, and the issue he has been, that Trump has been told by both the FEC and his attorneys that if he declares for the presidency, neither his super PACs nor the RNC can continue to underwrite his legal bills as they are right now. He will have to pay for them out of pocket or he is in violation of the law, or at least that's the opinion he has been given. Because of these things, 
my little birdie thinks that the odds of Trump actually running are much lower than what is being presumed. And I will say from another little birdie, I heard uh, that Tim Scott was already fully mobilizing a presidential campaign. I'd heard from, and you can, of course, you know, I hear a lot of these things being in Iowa, that there are multiple Republican candidates from Pence to Pompeo to Haley and Tim Scott and others who uh, either don't think Trump will really run or they won't care. They don't care if he is. They're all running anyway. That really the only candidate people don't know what he will do if Trump actually runs as DeSantis. But all the rest of these people are going to run. And more and more within these circles, there is an expectation that these events um, may pro preclude him from running because the simultaneous cost of mounting a presidential campaign and then paying out of pocket for tens of millions of dollars in legal fees. And who knows where the discovery goes with this Letitia James case. It's, it's, we all know it's a scam. But I was told that the reason why the DOJ, DOJ was, you knew he was, they were going to indict him once they raided Mar-a-Lago. That once they did that, they had to go through it. That otherwise, they would have created another Kavanaugh precedent. Meaning that they can't, they can't try to Anita Hill or Kavanaugh somebody now because we've already proven that, that or Roy Moore for that matter, we've already proven that Julie Swetnick and Christine Blasey Ford are liars that they couldn't afford that to happen, that once they raided Mar-a-Lago, that was the point of no return. They had to go all the way with it because this would be like another Christine Blasey Ford. Oh, you, you did that and you still have nothing. That means in the future, you're the boy who cried wolf and we don't have to believe you. And I am told also by this birdie that what prompted the Mar-a-Lago raid, the belief is that Secret Service people blew the whistle on this with the assumption that that it, Trump wasn't showing classified documents to Russia or any of that, you know, blue and on crap. But essentially, they witnessed him showing things like, hey, look at this Moab that we built and everything else to people that were friendly, you know, um, you know, uh, friendly to Trump celebrities that came to visit him, things of that nature. And that and that's how Secret Service people witnessed that. And they blew the whistle on that to the feds for a come hither. That is what I have been told by a very trusted little birdie that I have used in my work now for almost a decade. All right, G, that's good. Uh, so that was on his show yesterday, and I heard that. And I was, um, when I saw the Letitia James thing happen yesterday, and then, and then I heard that. And then I want to get to the president on Sean Hannity last night, which I'm not sure was a great idea. But, uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why, I think, and that doesn't mean I'm right. And by the way, it doesn't mean that anything in that clip is, is uh, going to, end up being 100% factual. He's obviously, I don't know whether it's a senator friend or congressman or, or, or somebody else in the news media that he's referring to. Obviously, somebody that he trusts. Um, what do you think about that, Rick Delgado? I don't know. Uh, that's the first hearing it, of it. Uh, I didn't know that any of that went down on a show. Um, uh, do I think the indictment? Yeah, you know When you what? put it in totality, Julie Kelly wrote, wrote about this months ago. Then you look at Letitia James, what, what, and, and everybody's saying, what's the point of this? Eight, eight, 18 months or whatever she says of eight months of millions of documents, her, her, her lead, um, you know, her, her A-class uh, witnesses here are, are Michael, basically like Michael Avenatti type, Michael Cohen type people. No one's going to take them seriously. Right. It's very hard to say, um, oh, he's valuing this at too much and that at too much to be able to get bigger loans than he should have been allowed to get. I mean, the way they value Mar-a-Lago on this thing is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's all subjective. Yeah, it's totally subjective. I mean, it doesn't even seem, even, even, for, a, even for a scam like her, it just seems like this is 
it doesn't even seem like what there's like there's got to be another reason for doing this. Right. What is the reason? Uh, uh, now well, it make it makes sense when you put it into all of this. It's just another, as they referred to uh, the January sixth thing, as we've been talking about how ridiculous that is. It's really been a show for one for Merrick Garland. Right, and and, and I think part of what he said there uh, from his uh, informant or his little birdie as he calls him is the um, what do you call it. Um, you mentioned January 6th, the whole Letitia James thing. It's about the process. They got to take him out. They don't know how to take him out. They, they've spent five and a half, six years trying to take him out. They can't find anything. So what do we do? Let's tie him up with the process. Let's ju- you know how it's, uh, people do these frivolous lawsuits because they hope that the person will look at it and go, what's it worth? Is it, is it worth me to fight this or to just pay these people a million dollars so they go away? This is this is the punishment. And it also, you know, it, when you talk about the campaign side of it, well, now you're saying that he's got to he's got to pay his attorneys and he's got a campaign. Again, they're looking to try to take him out um, through the process. So it, ju- it just seems like let let's use the law. Let, let's use lawfare and go to war using the law against him, even though there's nothing there, even though it, at the end of two years, he could just walk away and be like, see, I won. But look what look at the damage they're doing. So, uh, I'll get Paul Nolan's thoughts here in a second. I mean, it, the reason I bring this to you is is it is unequivocally clear now that they are trying trying to alter the coming election. There's yeah. no doubt they're trying to interfere with an election already. Um, there is no doubt about that. Um, again, whether that is ends up being fifty percent true, a hundred percent true, or zero percent true. It has to be on our radar, and it has to be on your radar as we head to these midterm elections, because everything is on the line. I have some other information today that was tweeted out uh, about Joe Biden's mental capacity and his health that they think they will not be able to keep hidden for much longer. I'll show you that as well. All right, live from Studio 6 Speed, just getting started on a Thursday. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Saw somebody in the chat say something as I was getting to the end of that last segment about Biden's health. They said, I don't care about Biden's health if he drops dead. That's fine. The point being, anything they can distract us from, if Biden's health is deteriorating as fast as this gentleman said, and I don't know who he is, but his tweet, um, about, I don't know, about an hour ago. The point is, the overall point of all this, the Trump clip, this clip, the Biden health thing, if, if it ends up being true, is they're going dis- to do whatever they can to start distracting from Biden's health and to keep your focus and, of course, the media's focus on, oh, look at uh, the, he's indicted now. He's indicted now. Yeah. That's where the focus is going to be. Don't worry about inflation. Don't worry about gas prices, food prices, food shortages, all of that. Biden's health doesn't know even how to get off the stage without looking like a mental patient who's escaped from, uh, you know, one of these homes. Don't, don't, don't look over here. Look over here at this guy. He's indicted now. Yeah, it's the shiny, it's the shiny thing. It's the headline. 
They're chasing the headline. You're not going to read the story. Just look at this headline. Oh, my goodness. It says he's indicted. It's over. The walls are closing in. You can see it now. They're all starting to ramp up the, the same old rhetoric they've been saying for the last, you know, during his entire presidency. Well, the, the walls are closing in now. Are they really? Or are you just being, um, is it to the point where you you are so afraid of this man coming back and ruining the grift that you have going on that you will do anything for him to not expose what a criminal you are. And I think that's where we're at. They are flailing. He's been out of office almost two years and they are still flailing about and they cannot get him out of there. He's living rent free in their heads and they can't take it. But remember something, their, their, their goal, their goal is to find those people who are of, that would v- normally vote Republican and try to split the vote. Their goal is to get people who, you know, look at Laura Ingram, what her comment from a, a couple months ago. Right. An- okay, uh, you know what, I've just had it with this. Let's move on and let's end up with, um, you know, Tim Scott, who, who, who couldn't beat a ham sandwich, couldn't beat probably Biden. You know, so that's the goal. Besides their hatred for him, which obviously is the goal too. But if they can end up giving us, you know, Rhino, Rhino Inc. to run, their goal, as always, is perpetual power. That's no matter how they have to get there. So, And they're going to turn it up to 10, which is my whole point of all of this. You can't be sleeping at the wheel. Yeah. They're going to be turning it up to 10, and the media is going to run with every former federal this and federal that every single day. Even on the, some of the networks you would think would be more friendly. It's going to be former federal this, former federal that. Oh, no, oh. The Trump people are going to have to get real strategic because they're going to have headwinds from every media outlet if this goes down like this to keep any momentum of him being able to run and not, unfortunately, weak Republican and even weak Republican um, congressmen and senators going, you know, maybe it's better. You can hear it now. Yeah. Maybe it's better the president focuses on. He's got a lot going on now. You know, he's, in, he's got a lot to focus on. Maybe it's better if he takes care of his personal business and his, and his kids and his family business and, you know, maybe shuffle off to Buffalo. You know, that, you can see that's what they're shooting for. Right. Because they know there's too many willing Republicans that'll, that'll jump, in the, jump in the bucket. Too many. It's just about all of them. I mean, this is the, we've been talking about a duopoly for 20 years. I'm a conspiracy guy, right? It's, a, it's been a duopoly for how long? You know, if Romney versus Obama, you kidding me? It would have been Romney care instead of Obamacare. That thing was a, another rigged job. Be serious. I mean, think about the puppets they put in front of us. You know, Bush and uh, and Gore, and it's just all this Kerry and and uh, who was Kerry? It didn't even matter. It conceded in a second. It's all the same people with a different, with a all with the same like race card labels of Exxon and and War Machine and Rand Corp <laughs> and, and 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 Monsanto. Their, their race car is covered in the exact same sponsors. It's been that way forever, and now we'll watch it again. We'll watch it again, and you, like you said, they'll turn on Trump in a second if it means their political power and they're right on the gravy train. And whoever's telling me to listen to what Bill Barr said about Letitia James, who cares what Bill Barr said? I'm done with him. I don't give a crap what Bill Barr says about anything anymore well, on any well, interview. Well. 
I couldn't have been more wrong on him coming back in to serve the Trump administration and what he's been like afterwards for a stupid book. Who cares what Bill Barr thinks about Letitia James? A fourth grader could tell me Letitia James thing is a bunch is a joke. Oh, so he's pandering back to save some face. So another just cares a, about Bill Barr. A lifelong politician. The longer you're in politics, the more shady stuff you've done, the more dirt someone has on you, and the more you have to play ball because you know your skeleton in the closet's gonna get dusted up and you're gonna get nailed. Play ball or get exposed. Every one of these guys are corrupt. All right, let's do some sports and hear what that is. Uh, Slick Rick for the first time tonight. Rick Emirati, what's going on, Slick All right, Rick? Big day. Well, Paul Nolan said play ball and play ball they are. They're Monday night football. It's Thursday night now. It's going to be Amazon Prime is the big game tonight. Cleveland Browns hosting right across the street from the heart of rock and roll, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Game on the way. Uh, uh, let's see. Cleveland got the ball first. Three and out, big D. So now Steelers have the ball. I'm taking the Steelers tonight. There's no score on the books. So I have the Steelers. I had them all along. They'll, they are getting four and a half points, and I'm going to take them for 2,500 tonight. And we'll have the other odds maker picks later on. And okay. obviously, I'll give you updates on the game tonight okay. in Cleveland. And uh, well, we got President's Cup today kicked off. Day one, stars push Americans to commanding lead after day one. You called it big D. Yeah. Only five matches have been played, and this the United is, States is already far out in front of the international team. Absolute surprise to nobody. It's a wipeout, just like the Rav Open is going to be a wipeout. Oh, yeah, you did compare it to Ed Henry and yes, friends. Yes, I did. There. I said, yeah. when you watch the President's Cup, the America team is me and Paul, and the, and the, the rest of the world team is uh, Zen and, and um, Ed. Wait, did you forget his name already? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Well, the, the four-to-one advantage by the U.S. looks massive, but it could have been much worse. The international team led after just three of the 83 holes played over five alternate shot matches on Thursday. And luckily for the visitors, two of those holes were the final two. Cameron Davis and Siwoo Kim played against the Titanic twosome on the American side of Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns. That was the lone bright spot on the difficult day for Trevor Immelman's side. None of this was particularly unexpected, as Big D just said. Given uh, both the depleted international roster and the format of the event, the U.S. has now won or tied 16 consecutive foursomes alternate shot matches, which has proven to be the biggest format difference between them and the international team this century. The U.S. has not lost the President's Cup since 1998 when a good old Jack Nicholas was the uh, captain. And uh, real quick, big date, Celtics head coach Aimee Udaka uh, likely facing season-long suspension for consensual relationship with staff member Victor Barbosa Yard Barker reporting big news in the NBA. It was reported late Wednesday night that Boston Celtics head coach Aimee it wasn't me. Udaka was facing a possible significant suspension for his role in a consensual, improper, and intimate relationship with a female staff member. Uh, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski had an update on Thursday morning. He tweeted out, Boston Celtics coach Aimee Udaka is likely facing suspension for the entire 22-23 season for his role in a consensual relationship. Uh, sources tell ESPN a formal announcement is expected today. There's not been a formal announcement yet, but all, all is moving in the direction that uh, Joe Mazzula, who's the the uh, assistant coach will take over. Uh, it was rumored also GM Brad Stevenson. Stevenson will be stepping in, but no, it's going to be the 34-year-old. So, yeah, it sounds kind of strange, but uh, Udaka was in a, a race, long relationship with 45-year-old uh, relationship with his uh, fiance, actress Nia Long. Uh, but um, anyway, they've been together for a decade, but I guess he has some extracurricular activity. So that's what's going on in Boston, Big D. Head coach moving out over uh, just an odd, I guess that's their policy, the Celtics. Yeah, you can't date. Don't you can't date. date. No dating within the company. Let's, let's end your career because right. you went on a date. It's not the Washington Commanders. It does seem weird. He's not married. He's not. Um, he's, he, he said he's date. I mean, 
Yeah. Well, what's the, what, what's, does it, what does it matter? My, yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I, I didn't really get this story. I, I didn't pay a lot of attention. To I got to be so. honest, I tuned out too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when <laughs> I saw it. He, he, he got involved with a staffer, and, the, and the, they have a policy to Boston Celtics that you get fired. So the big news is you're losing your coach for a year. You get suspended. All right. I'm going to have that same policy here on the show. All right. Live from Studio 6B. twenty-six pirate ship here. <laughs> more news coming up. More sports on a Thursday. from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Someone just said, I really wish Damon would watch Steve Bannon more. How <laughs> much more do I need to watch him? Flonies. Not every day. I watch some of it almost every day. And I'm getting all kinds of medical advice over here. Yeah, oh yeah. Someone told me to take Flomax. <laughs> Flo- what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Flomax. You sound a little... You sound, you oh, no, Flomax little... is the P. <laughs> yes, Flonies is the... I got it. Yeah, yeah you, you sound got a little uh, under I think the weather. It, I think you got to visit seven, seven cells there, Paul. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you have a lot of ivermectin, so you just need to take one a week or a little eh, prophylaxis. I let my system do its thing. <laughs> Lots right. of vitamin C, D, multis. I'll be fine. And have you been taking those, Paul? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's why you're sick, if, Paul. If it's you in the what? pizza, I, sure. Yeah, right. I used to have like a nice routine where every day I took the certain vitamins in the morning and then you have to... And I stopped needing them, so I stopped taking them, and now I need them, so I started taking them. Okay, good. So that sounds like, a good, sounds like a good plan. But if uh, the audience says, get out, I'm on their nerves, I'm just going to get up and go. <laughs> I don't think they're saying that at all. They just have, just care. I, I know. Feel it's better. a loving audience, yes. and I feel good. I feel loved. All right, good. So let's do the news, then, if you can get through it. And here with the news, uh, spon- speaking <laughs> of, sponsored by our friends at Seven Cells, is Paul Nolan. What's going on? Well, I just wanted to talk about... Uh, Putin's speech. I watched a good breakdown, put it on my getter page of a Russian translator discussing what he's really saying. And uh, Putin essentially, this is from Reuters, very watered down version. On my getter, I'll put the uh, natural news article that really speaks the truth, but I can't do on this channel. But Putin escalates Ukraine war, issues nuclear threat to West. Um, Vladimir Putin on Wednesday ordered Russia's first mobilization since World War II and backed a plan to annex swaths of Ukraine, warning the West he's not bluffing when he said he'd be ready to use nuclear weapons to defend Russia in the biggest escalation of the Ukraine war since Moscow's uh, February 24th invasion. Putin explicitly raised the specter of nuclear conflict approved the plan to annex a chunk of Ukraine the size of Hungary and called up 300,000 reservists. Uh, He said in his speech, if the territorial integrity of our country is threatened, we will, without a doubt, use all available means to protect Russia and our people. This is not a bluff. Citing NATO's expansion towards Russian borders, uh, Putin said the West was plotting to destroy his country, engaging in nuclear blackmail by allegedly discussing the potential use of nuclear weapons against Moscow and accused the United States, European Union, Britain of encouraging Ukraine to push military operations into Russia itself. So essentially, at the end of the day, what he's really saying is this proxy war by NATO, run by NATO, uh, you know, satellites and weaponry and, and every and trained military is really just the globalists saying we're going to uh, obliterate all sovereignty of Russia 
And, uh, he, you know, if you don't think he has to defend himself, I, I don't understand. If this happened to America, what would you do? So um, I know someone's going to give you a hard time for me saying I'm a Russian sympathizer. I'm just a handicapper. I'm just acting <laughs> what I would do if I was in his position. What would you do if your country was being infringed upon? You know, if you stick a hornet's nest, what the reaction will be. If they didn't want that reaction, don't don't poke a hornet's nest. Does that not make sense? I mean, it makes sense. I think the bigger question is where is the Biden administration? Have they even has the administration even responded to this comment? And more importantly, it's the fact that they feel like they can talk like this. Do you think he would talk like this if the, if Trump was uh, still the current president? Do you think what's going? Look at what's going on. By the way, speaking of world events right now, what's going on in Iran? You know these these um. These places like Iran, they get these leaders who are there forever, and the worst thing that can happen is the people rise up. That's the, that's the one thing they never want to see. And here, here you are in Iran with people rising up, and um, there's, there's, no, there's no vocal support. There's no even talk about it coming from the White House. Nothing. No coverage. Not even... Not even a word from John Kirby of support for what's happening. Nothing. Like, I've heard nothing. Has, has anyone heard anything from the White House on what's going on in Iran? Nope. Nothing. 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 Not a Nada, word of support. Zilch. Jean-Pierre Zero. had this to say. Yeah, nothing. Uh, I believe Jake Sullivan was in uh, the briefing room earlier this week, and he basically reiterated the talking point that the ball is in their court for, you know, the oh, deal. Oh, that's good and... support. There you go. Yeah, the ball's in your court. Okay. That's good. All right, what else, Paul? Um, you know, I, I just, uh, I don't know. This story, I, I just, when I saw it, my head nearly exploded. <sighs> I hate even giving this woman any kind of airtime, but Stacey Abrams promotes the conspiracy that heartbeats are manufactured to control women. Um, <laughs> for, <on>. uh, the <laughs> Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams said this week in, in a bizarre conspiracy theory that fetal heartbeats, the detection of early cardiac rhythms of an unborn human beings are manufactured, sounds meant to help bring control over women's bodies. I would read more, but I, I'm going to gun my computer <laughs> across the room. So um, I, I don't know. I, do we have that? Clip. WTF of the day, G, roll it. <laughs> I'm crazy. There is no such thing as a heartbeat at six months. It is a manufactured <laughs> sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from Oh. I'm crazy. Oh, boy. <laughs> That from the governor of Georgia, of course. <laughs> D, could you expand on that? I mean, I, I would I'd get my wife on the phone, or you can get anybody you know who's been pregnant and ask them if, I mean, what they think of that comment. I mean, that's just... I don't even know, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say about how evil this woman is. There's no such thing. So the stethoscope, when you go there for these checkups and you hear it, is manufactured, she's saying. Yeah. Well, the stethoscope, you don't even have to, when you take the stethoscope, 
You could just put it on a table and you'll hear that heartbeat. That's what she's saying. So that makes a lot of sense. And, and I don't know what is more um, mind-numbingly stupid. Her? Well, the or the asshats nodding the, their head on the yes, set in agreement? Yes, the ones next to her. The one, oh, like, she's so brilliant. Like, oh, listen to dropping knowledge here. The one to her right. Like, looking so inquisitively at her. As if she's such, she has so much to offer to the Discord. She has so much to offer to the country. And even on the far end, nodding her head like, like, you know, like she just split an atom. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. If I ever said something that's stupid, I, I would hope nobody would shake their head in agreement just because they're my little, my lap dog. Oh, I, I agree, bud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I get a raise? Oh, God. This, this awful. So, all right, Paul, we'll do some more news. So, um, American Spectator today, back to where we started. Letitia James' campaign strategy. Let's sue Trump. How very third world of her. New York Attorney General Letitia James filed a civil. And let's, let's remember, by the way, this is a civil. Not criminal. After all this time, civil. Uh, sued against former President Trump and his three children. Thank goodness her solving New York's crime problem now allows her to devote resources to civil matters, he says. She seeks both a minimum of $250 million in sanctions that bar the defendant from acquiring real estate in New York, serving as an officer of any corporation there, applying for any loans. Seems harsh, but then again, so does the melodramatic Miss James. Political opponents in El Salvador, Honduras, Colombia, Panama, Nicaragua, Mexico, also facing terrible crime in a myriad of economic problems at the time, legally pursued former presidents as James does now here. This finds no precedence in American history. But among banana republics, the justice systems being wielded as po politics by other means comes as the price of entering the arena. James fulfilled the campaign promise on Wednesday in filing suit against Trump. And if you remember all the videos of her, they're out there now. Of her um, saying, oh, what a pain in the ass she was going to be to Trump. And I'm going to sue him and he's going to know my name and all of this. So you look at what she does yesterday, just on its face. Never mind how it ties into all the other stuff we talked about. But just on its face... And I've seen people who are not even Trump supporters came out and say, I don't agree with him on anything, and I'm not a fan of his at all. But this is, this is ridiculous, given her past videos. And where, where are the ethics complaints about her in New York? As far as I know, there's been none filed so far over this, over those videos and over this action. Given she's on tape basically saying... Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use my position to go after my my um, political rival. Not even her political rival. They're not. I mean, just but just somebody from the other side that I don't like, really don't like, and I'll use the power of my office like a like a good Marxist would, or Stalinist would, and go after him. And I guess all of the judges and everybody and. In New York, I guess they're okay with it because I haven't seen any ethics complaints, any 
call for her to be disbarred or a license taken away. Nothing. I've seen nothing. She said, quote, I'm running for attorney general because I'll never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president. This was in 2018. Oh, boy. When our fundamental rights are at stake. She couldn't spell fundamental. Four years later, James, either unable to obtain or unwilling to pursue a criminal indictment, has now filed a civil suit. Quote, he should be charged with obstructing justice, she said in 2018. I believe that the president of the United States can be indicted for criminal offenses, she said back then. Now, just think about this in the context of everything that's going on. And we would join with law, and we would join with law enforcement and other attorney generals across the nation in removing this president from office. Or maybe instead of other attorney generals, it became some sham uh, congressional committee that was formed. In addition to that, the Office of Attorney General will continue to follow the money because we believe he's engaged in a pattern of money laundering. James charged in her press conference that Trump and his children violated several state criminal laws. Then why would you sue him civilly would be my first question. Then why not try him in a criminal court? James uses her position to target political enemies by civil suit, by press conference, and by news release. That's the bottom line. She displayed this modus operandi, declaring in almost the exact words she used for Trump, that former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, a man she had hoped to replace in Albany before uh, her polling dashed those dreams, violated, she said he violated multiple state and federal laws. Then she cowered from prosecuting Cuomo for these supposed violations, just as she now refuses to pursue a prosecution criminally of Trump. James boasts of a comprehensive three-year investigation, obtaining millions of pages of documents and hearing from 65 witnesses during the Trump inquiry. When a public official commits those kinds of resources to an investigation that concludes with a civil suit, this is the kind of case that would be heard in Judge Hatchett, Judge Mathis, and the Price is Right's sad horn would be blowing in everybody's ears. James on Wednesday rejected the notion that this is part of a witch hunt. Yeah, sure. to the hour live from studio 6b on a thursday i want to remind you that we'll be off tomorrow and you'll get the rally coverage right here on real america's voice starting at 4 p.m and then at 5 war room will be on its normal time from f- 5 to 6 and then um pick back up at 6 with rally coverage. So that's that's your day tomorrow. So uh, just really lock it in all day, obviously. Your regular programming up until 4, then Bannon regularly at 5 to 6, and then rally coverage at 6. So just lock it in all day, Real America's Voice. Uh, the president will be down there. And, um, I mean, listen, the whole point of this show tonight to go over some of this stuff, number one is to bring it to your attention. Number two, to remind you that... Um, you know, we've got to be in the fight all the way. It's getting, it's going to get ugly and it's, and it's getting there fast and, and it's going to be no holds barred. And we know 
you know, we know who we're up against in the ball field, the playing field that they play on and the rules that they uh, follow, which are none. There are no rules for them. So I want to talk about the president's appearance on Sean Hannity. And I know the reason we love the president is because he's a fighter. He fights like no one we've ever seen. But again, given the totality of what he's up against, and supposedly, if any of this stuff that's going on in the background supposedly is true, I don't know how many appearances like that are. I don't know that those appearances are helping him. Um, I think, I'm not sure it helps him in public opinion because those of us who are, are going to vote for him are going to vote for him no matter what. Those of us who are, those of them, people who are not, who can't stand them, you're not going to make them can't stand them anymore. But you're just giving, it seems like you're giving up things that you probably don't need to in, in, in these interviews that the Department of Justice could then possibly use. And I'll show you what I mean by that when we go through it. But let's do some sports right now. And here with that is uh, Slick Rick, Rick Emirati, all in decked out in purple tonight. Prince Purple. Not really it's, Prince Purple, but what, a little lighter purple. Yeah, lavender fields here. Lavender fields yeah. forever. Yeah. Oh, no, strawberry fields forever. Uh, Slick Rick, what's all, going on? And well, let's get the update on that Thursday night football game. Amazon Prime. If you don't have Prime, you can't watch the game. But uh, right now, the Browns jumped out to a 7 nothing lead uh, about 35 seconds to go in the first quarter. Uh, Jacoby Brissett hit uh, Mari Cooper, former Dallas Cowboy, 11-yard touchdown pass to put the Browns up 7 nothing at home, but the Steelers are driving first and goal from the Cleveland Fives, looking to punch it in. So, big D, that over looks alive and well as uh, it is 7-0 at the uh, just about the end of the first quarter. Might even be tied up by the end. We'll give you an update next sports segment. And uh, moving along, Aaron Judge, the Aaron Judge watch. I know Mr. Delgado was fired up last night about Aaron Judge. So far, he's been up to bat twice, Rick, and he's walked both times and uh, the Yanks lead <laughs> 1-0 over the Red Sox in, That's awesome. in the Bronx. And uh, Aaron Judge, home run props drawing widespread betting interest as New York Yankee star nears MLB record. This is David Perdurm of uh, ESPN. <laughs> Aaron Judge's historic season has captivated the betting public to the point where some sportsbooks have reported taking more bets on the New York Yankees slugger to hit a home run than the outcome of games. Uh, nearly nine times as much money was bet on Judge to hit a home run Wednesday against the Pittsburgh Pirates as was bet on any other player off at a season's sportsbook. BetMGM reported that there were more bets on Judge's home run prop odds than and uh, there were on the outcome of the Pirates-Yankees game. Judge was 60 homers this season and is only one shy of tying Roger Maris's American League record is plus 200 at Caesars to hit a home run tonight in the opener of a four-game series against the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Judge hitting a home run Thursday against the Red Sox was the most popular MLB player prop at DraftKings. Judge settled for a pair of doubles but did not home a Wednesday in the Yankees' 14-2 route of the Pirates. Fans packed it out to see us win a ball game and see some homers, Judge joked after the game. So I think I got to cut cut, this, cut out this double stuff, I guess. So he's uh, trying to get on a roll. I think he's going to catch, uh, he'll certainly catch Maris, that record. So that'll be nice. He's just got to hit one more to tie. So we'll see what happens. Keep an eye on that tonight as well. And uh, Utah student arrested for allegedly threatening to, deno- to detonate nuclear reactor if team lost. Victor Barbosa of Yardbarker. She sounds uh-huh. like me. Uh, the, their team seemed to be setting strange in the, something strange in the water on the University of Utah campus. Just one week after it was reported that university police were investigating two women who attended the Utes football game against Southern Utah topless, another incident is now making headlines. According to an ESPN report, a Utah student was arrested on Wednesday after allegedly threatening to detonate a nuclear, re, nuclear reactor on campus if the football team lost to San Diego State over the weekend. The Utes ended up soundly defeated 
defeating the Aztecs 35-7. to According oh, to the goodness. Salt Lake uh, County Sheriff's Office, the 21-year-old student is accused of making a threat of terrorism. She was booked and released Wednesday. The report said the woman allegedly posted on social media that at the Utes lost Saturday. She would detonate this, the reactor that is located on the University of Utah, causing a mass destruction, according to a police affidavit. Uh, police said in the affidavit that the woman had information about the reactor and had attended classes in the same building it is located. Utah will head back on the road in search of a third straight victory when they uh, take on Arizona State 10.30 on Saturday night. And I tell you, in football terms, you talk about throwing a bomb, but that's really over the top, Big D. Crazy, crazy stuff going on in Utah. All right. Is that the end of sports? <laughs> that smile the, at the end was like psychotic. Well, after that bomb, yeah. All right. Okay. He just—I thought it was like one of those oh, like no, dolls in the corner. Tells, you smiling yeah. at you it was going to kill you in your sleep. <laughs> normally, he tells me what he's done. I wasn't yeah. sure if there was another story like or he was Chucky waiting for my reaction to the uh, disco Chucky. I don't know what's going on. What is going on in Utah, Big D? Something's well, what going do you mean you don't know what's going on? That sounds like you on a Monday night when the Cowboys lose to the yeah. Giants. It's gonna, <laughs> about what's right. the difference going to be? That's true. Yeah, be careful what you say, boy. Don't put that on social media. I mean, yeah, yeah. but you can't put it on social media. No. I wouldn't expect you would. You would just keep that between you and the birds in there, probably. Right? I hide in the basement when the games are on. Okay. You know me. Very good. All right, Big D. That's a wrap. All right, Slick Rick. Thanks very much. Uh, let's, let's catch. Um... <laughs> So here's what I I just want to I love when I bring these things up and everybody in the chat just comes comes right after me like oh yeah you're... I'm getting assaulted too because like, I said, on, I mean, I'm telling you exactly how don't bring it up Damon so should've... we can have a discussion yeah. about it don't Wait, bring don't, it up don't talking no, no, just no. my way I'm a linear thinker there's I only keep one the way blinders to think. on so here's an, just an opinion on on President Trump's opinion on on Hannity uh, and this is from Jonathan Turley and he says. Uh, do you have this, G? You can't you don't have it? Oh, uh, okay. Sorry about that. My fault. I'm not too worried about that. Um, all right. In tonight's interview with Sean Hannity, Trump just said that they were quote having very nice discussions on the documents before the raid. Trump insists that he thought this was a routine process under the Presidential Records Act, and he is not sure that the FBI asked for access to the documents. Given the possibility of criminal charges, most defense attorneys would not be thrilled with this type of discussion on the details of the president's knowledge or actions. Hannity began to press on the roughly 100 classification documents, but Trump said that he is not sure what they took. Trump is reaffirming that he did declassify, but there, quote, does not have to be a process. He stated he could even just be, quote, thinking about it. An unexpressed, unrecorded declassification will not suffice for obvious reasons, Mr. Turley says. That statement follows both the special master and the 11th Circuit expressing frustration with the lack of foundation for the declassification claim. And this is a claim that Cash Patel has made. Others have made that they say they were there. Judge Deary already stated that he will treat the documents as classified and the 11th Circuit just ruled to allow the DOJ access to the classified documents. The Washington Times today has a piece that says the GOP and their national security hawks seem to be okay with Trump declassifying U.S. secrets by just quote-unquote thinking about it. Again, this is the Washington Times, a fairly conservative most of the time, I find them to be pretty much right on the money. So this is, my point is saying, these interviews, I, again, 
I know we love the president because he gets out there and gets on the front lines and doesn't back down, will not back down, and, and that's what we need to do. We need to fight. But given this situation, I don't know how much information you want to be giving to the other side for them to take it, twist it, turn it, yeah. turn it upside down. Well, but you hate Trump now, D. Well, that's fine. I mean, if that's <laughs> ridiculous, think that, there's so much got to bring it up. People got people to stretch their minds. So, I mean, because it, you start, the Washington Times starts writing headlines like this. I don't know that it's serving you well. All right, we'll discuss when we get back. Hour two coming up. Studio 6B, hour two on a Thursday night. I want to remind you again, last week of the show for us, we're off tomorrow as the Trump rally will be covered starting at 4 p.m. right here on Real America's Voice. Steve Bannon from 5 to 6. Then our coverage picks back up at 6. So lock it in tomorrow night on Real America's Voice. I'm sure the rally president will be fired up. I'd much rather see the president continue to rally, get out there and speak then um, sit down on interviews where, I mean, he may not know or know what's coming, and, and I don't know. And listen, you, you may totally disagree with me on this. I, d- I don't know that these interviews at this point serve him. His rallies, I'd much rather see him do that. Every week, have one. Every Friday, have a rally. Get out there and talk to the people. Focus on the things that affect people's lives while they're going to focus on you. Talk about inflation. Talk about all the things. Talk about what was better. Talk about everything that was better 18 months ago and drastically better. I'm not sure that talking to Sean Hannity does you any good. That's just my, that's just my feeling on it. Um, I think the, one of the funnier parts of Letitia James' scam uh, deal is the whole Mar-a-Lago. Do you see? Do you see? <laughs> now, I, I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time in Palm Beach, but obviously it's a very... Very well-to-do area. Not like Ed Henry. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, he walks around with the ascot. Right. Oh, Buffy. he's got Lovey on his arm <laughs> and Buffy and Jody. <laughs> you would think Marlago is about <laughs> probably the preeminent piece of real estate, <coughs> if not in the country, certainly. Uh, it's got to be one of the top three in Florida, maybe even the top. Right. Yeah. It's you would there. think. I don't. I don't know. That's a good question because there's a there's a lot of rich people down there. They got some nice. Ha- I used to live down there for a little while. You you drive around. You're like, oh wow, look at this. Yeah. So Ken Griffin, who is the baseball player, managing. No, not Ken Griffey. You're no, thinking of his father. Ken right. Griffin, who was um, the founder, I believe, of Citadel, which is a huge, huge Wall Street investment firm, trillions under management. Ken yeah. Griffin. They were headquarters in New York, and Ken Griffin looked at what was going on in New York and said, well, I'm, we're, <laughs> we're out of here. And then he, they took Citadel's headquarters to, to, well, Palm Beach. So Ken Griffin put together a $450 million estate. 
Palm Beach's largest, according to the Palm Beach Post. This is from July 26th of this year. Billionaire hedge fund manager Ken Griffin has made plenty of news in Palm Beach, where he plans to open the new offices of Citadel, his financial empire, in the old Neiman Marcus building on Worth Avenue, the town's famous shopping thoroughfare. Griffin knows the wealthy Florida town well, for he owns the largest estate on the island. After spending $450 million. Is that a lot? Over nearly seven years to assemble about 25 acres. Oh, that's inflation for you. The beachfront estate with a couple of parcels on the intercoastal waterway lies a quarter mile south <laughs> yeah. of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago Club. Delgado makes a good point, D. Yeah. 450 doesn't get you what it used to. It's inflated. On the stretch of South Ocean Boulevard, known to locals as Billionaire's Row. So I'll just stop the article there. (laughs) Anybody in real estate who's ever bought a house or sold a house knows that there's something called, now maybe the Attorney General of New York doesn't know this. I would think she does. Something called comps. Look at what's in the area. Look at what just sold. Come up with a price. She has a price of Mar-a-Lago of $75 million saying that Trump overvalued it at $750 million. She thinks it's worth $75 million. <laughs> Ken Griffin spent $450 million about a stone's throw away. What? And I bet he doesn't have a golf course. One of the more ludicrous parts of this whole thing, which again is why I bring it up in the totality of what we've discussed tonight. I think it's just another show for one, or just another part of the bigger cog in this bigger wheel to distract from what's going on in the country and keep the media and everybody that they can get to fall for it focused on this and not on a president who literally can't find his way off the stage, doesn't know where he is. And according to, let me see who this gentleman is. Um, John Basham who, according to his bios, meteorologist, AI, data science, U.S. Army, retired, former elected official, as seen on AM Thought Leader, heard on Sean Hannity as well, and he says this tonight, breaking, I have now confirmed with two separate people who are posted at the White House, non-political, he says, that Joe Biden's health has been rapidly deteriorating mentally over the past three or four weeks. Political appointees are worried they can't hide his decline through the midterms. And again, I don't know Mr. Basham. I have no idea if this is based in any fact, made up, or 100% true. Just like I don't know if Steve Dace is the same thing. But this is not hard to believe. This is not hard to believe. And it's not hard to believe that they'd like to do anything they can to try to keep this under wraps and and keep you focused on something else. And yeah, I wasn't here yesterday, and I I think you played the crazy town. Do you have the clip, G, of him at the end of that speech yesterday? I mean, it is is scary. (laughs) It is absolute. This is absolutely scary. This looks like literally somebody who you found on the street staring at his shoes and just looking around for 
looking around for somebody who's the nurse's not there, aide. who's never going to be there. Wow. Pop-Pop need his peepees. Look at him. He really looks like he's in a senior's like, home, and he just soiled himself, and he needs someone to help him. Yeah, we had a little fun with that last night. Yeah, we night. did. Because it, it, here he looks like uh, I. <laughs> oh my God! I said he looks like he he looks like uh, he's Jim, doing he's doing putting on the Ritz and Young Frankenstein. He looks like Jim Ignatowski from Taxi. Oh, oh! I mean, we've con- and we've okay, continued okay. to talk about whatever they give him to get him up sometimes and prop him up to so that he can re- try to read try to read the teleprompter, and maybe it's just not working anymore because that is brutal looking. That is just pathetic. And it's, there's no even humor in it anymore. It's just pathetic. It's pathetic. It's like um, elder abuse. Well, I'm going to disagree with you, Damon. We had a very good laugh about well, it Well, I know. Night. I mean, I, I, there is. Obviously, I get it. There's so but many it's jokes. Distur- it's disturbing. So little decorum. So, again, um, I don't take any of this on its face value as individual things. The Letitia James thing. and the, I, I put it all into the big picture. And it, to me, it's all intertwined. Look at this From guy. January sixth. <laughs> Look at him. Do you remember those old vibrating football games where the little pieces yes. <laughs> would vibrate on the board, yeah. and then one would get stuck on the side of the board and it just stay? Yeah, to push it, to push it. Like he's like he's walking into the wall. Oh, yeah, right. This is. It's a good Look analogy. at this. Thing. I mean, Stratomatic sock puppet. That is just brutal. Stratomatic football. Absolutely brutal. Good Lord. Um, so that was, yeah, that was the end of the, uh, uh, that's what I wanted to go through on the Jonathan Turley thing on the president making these appearances. So, um, all right. So a couple of things let's get to, because I, I wasn't here. CPI data, um, not CPI data, but the fed raised rates another three quarters of a percentage point yesterday and basically said that the federal funds rate needs to get to about 4.4 to 4.6. And it needs to stay there to get to try to get inflation down. And um, you can basically bet that mortgage rates in this country are going to go to probably about six point seven percent in the next week or two, once that once that raise gets to the banks, because basically the federal fund rate again is the is the is the government loaning money to the banks, and then the banks obviously loaning it to you. So people who say it directly, it's, it's that, ra- that raise doesn't directly affect you. It indirectly affects you, of course, because of other things, credit card percentages and mortgages and everything else. Uh, but, to hear the, but to hear the mess that this country's in out of the mouth of the Federal Reserve yesterday, because of the spending of this administration and the spending of our government and the behemoth that it's become and the nonstop deficit spending we've done, and Biden pouring gasoline on it four times over in the last 18 months, probably responsible for more than half of the inflation we have. It just um, it makes you sick to your stomach to think that we have to brunt now, we have to burden the brunt of this in higher rates for a lot longer than I think a lot of people thought they were going to be. Because if he's going to go to 4.6%, that means we're getting another quarter, another three-quarter point raise next month, maybe 50 in November, and maybe another 50 in December, and maybe 25 even in January. And then they're going to stay there. They're not going to come down. 
that makes it extremely, extremely difficult for people to get by. Credit cards. To buy a house right now, if you figured 20% down, if you had, what you tried to buy a house for, even at the beginning of this year, to now, your down payment is doubled. Your 20% down payment is now doubled. Which pushes people to rent. And rental, part of the CPI, is one of the hottest and stickiest parts of it. And this administration continues to talk about bad tax policy and implement bad tax policy on top of it, which is how you go from recession, you know, we have stagflation, then you have recession, and then you're headed towards depression. So once again, these midterm elections are, and this is, I don't think this is an overstatement. It is really whether we are going to decide whether we're going to be a free country or not. That, that's really what it's coming down to. Saying that for a decade. Well, I don't, th- I don't know that anyone meant that we, we were as close to that really being the truth as we are this one. Well, Agenda 21 was the plan in 2006, 7, 8. Got slowed down. Now it's Agenda 2030. That's what that's about. That's what it's been all about. It's been about one world currency, one world overlapping government that supersedes all local, you know, all nations' constitutions. That's what it's always been about. The collusion and the, and the monolithic structures of power. It's what it's been about. It's where it's going. And, it, you know, at times it feels completely unstoppable. So we hear, when we sit here and talk about Trump being a, a stone in the globalist shoe or the, or the totalitarian shoe, and we don't like some of his strategies, and I see people ripping you to shreds, oh, you hate Trump. No, I don't hate Trump. Don't, D doesn't hate Trump. We just are, are discussing what we think would make more sense from a strategical optical war of information. That's what we're talking about here. We're only handicapping it. We're only discussing it. And people get so emotionally disturbed if you have any ideas that may uh, be against, you know, you know what your view is on, on Trump's always right. All right, sports and news coming up. Live from Studio 6B on a Thursday. time we went through a recession speaking of as i was in the last segment there was stocks that literally went to zero think about lehman brothers chrysler washington mutual and these are you know these were the blue chips at the time multiple blue chip stock went to little or no value almost overnight now it's a little different situation not banks are pretty flush But you start thinking about what could happen here on this road that we're on. Listening to the Fed, I'll tell you, it was a wake-up call to a lot of people yesterday. He was pretty resolute that we got to get this down. Or, you know, middle class, lower class, fixed income. Americans are hurting right now. Big time. And, you know, if you have savings, and it's funny, I heard somebody use the exact thing that we, we say, melting away. Your purchasing power is melting away like a giant ice cube. 
So your savings is not protected unless you protect it. You know, why not own something that has been valued, that has never been valued at zero? That, of course, would be gold. Historically, gold is your best inflation for thousands of years against inflation, which is, again, rising, well, the worst we've seen in 40, 50 years since Paul Volcker days. The savviest Americans diversify their savings to protect them from downturns in the market, from global instability to increased national debt. We have enough of that. And devaluing of the dollar. We have enough of that. Chances are you're looking for a way to diversify too. And here's how you get started with that. Contact our friends at Birch Gold Group. Find out how to hold gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Text America to 989898 and Birch Gold will send you a free information kit on diversifying into gold tax-free. In fact, even if you have a 401k or IRA that's underperforming right now, you can convert that into an IRA in precious metals. So text America to 989898. Hedge against inflation, protect your hard-earned money, and get your free information kit. That's America to 989898. Text them and do it today. All right, 19 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Let's do a check on sports, see what's going on with the big Thursday game. As I'm, uh, what do I, I got Cleveland minus four and a half. Slick Rick, what's going on? Yeah, well, they're saying no offense, but there's no defense in this game. Up and down the field, back and forth. Steelers just went up 14-13. Mitch Trubisky walks the dog from one on a QB keeper. And they're up 14-13 because uh, Cleveland, well, they continue to struggle on special teams. Uh, they place kick it, doinked it off the goalpost, the right goalpost. So right now, 14-13. So Big D, you're still okay because you have another three points in the bank there but there's 350 to go in the first half plenty of time left amazon prime i don't the- have the points in the bank you have them you're plus four and a half oh, i'm plus that's right thank you big day you're why'd right. you Check give him the hook the line was Very four good i like that well, he you're said right. four and a half so i just i trusted him that he was lying to me you're I took it off season. yeah i took it off season sports book now come on no okay. no 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 that line was four everywhere four and fine I'll, I'll give you the hook you got four and a half i'll take it Okay. And, ah, right. good boy. Hey, speaking of football, guys, former official pleads guilty in welfare scandal involving Brett Favre. You know, this is starting to get some teeth to it. This is Warren Todd Huston of Breitbart. The recent plea by former Mississippi welfare director John Davis, who has agreed to cooperate with investigators, is the latest big victory for prosecutors in the Magnolia State, and it could, as it could possibly bring them one step closer to charging NFL legend Brett Favre. According to Front Office Sports, Davis had previously been indicted for more than two dozen state and federal charges as part of the scheme. Nancy knew the head of a nonprofit used to funnel welfare funds pleaded guilty to 13 felonies for her role in the fraud back in April. Along with Mississippi Governor Phil Bryant, Davis was one of the officials who helped Favre obtain $5 million in welfare funds to have a volleyball court built at the University of Mississippi, the school where his daughter was playing the sport at the time. Uh, a source to the front office says that Favre has been on the radar of investigators for months. Favre uh, could also be in trouble for what he told the FBI, according to front office sports. Favre was asked, were you ever in Tupelo, Mississippi? Favre said he was there when he was a child. Aside from that, there is a series of text messages between Favre and Governor Bryant that have been made public. The messages appear to show that uh, Favre was concerned about where the money was coming from and the ability of the media to discover its origin, but uh, he went through with the deal anyway. So uh, Brett Favre could be in a little bit of trouble here. We remember we had talked about that story uh, maybe two years ago when it initially had come out about this whole welfare scheme, and then Favre was kind of cleared of, basically, you know, had no idea, 
you know, again, he he hasn't been indicted, so you know he can't say anything. But just want to bring up the speed that you know the old saying: where there's smoke, there's fire. So uh, we'll see what happens there. And Czech government tells NHL that Russian players unwanted in Prague. So uh, this is from the AP. Prague, the Czech foreign ministry has told two NHL teams opening the season in Prague that any Russian players would not be welcome because of the war in Ukraine. You know, the Nashville Predators and San Jose Sharks are set to play regular season games on October seventh and eighth in Prague's O2 Arena as part of a series. Uh, however, they have a couple of players on the on the roster that are from Russia. Uh, Yakov uh, Trenin and um, Alexander Barbanov, along with uh, Evgeny uh, Shnechikov. So, uh, anyway, there's, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, very interesting. So, we'll uh, see. NHL says they're not going to uh, take any kind of ban against Russian players playing anywhere that the NHL is obviously having games. So, you know, getting a little foreign policy in there for National Hockey League. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. All right, so Rick, very good. You know, just thinking about the story you did in the beginning of the show, thinking about Deshaun Watson game going on tonight, the Cleveland Browns playing. Watson got 11 games suspension for assaulting, what, 24, 26 women? Uh, give or take a dozen. Give or take. It all depends who got pieced off. The Celtics coach is going to get a year for uh, consensually dating. That's basically what I'm hearing. Yes, correct. With it, you know, he broke company policy. So that, that's gotcha. what it comes down to. Okay. All right. Very interesting. Yes. All right, Slick Rick, thanks very much. If Let's he do- was scoring 30 points a night, they would have looked the other way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Man, man. Crazy. So out of the, in the woke news, Dilbert author claims uh, the woke mob is coming after his comic strip and removed it from 77 newspapers. Scott Adams, the author of Dilbert, a comic since 1989 uh, that pokes fun at the uh, office and, and, and general culture was uh, wiped out from nearly 77 papers. Uh, Lee Enterprises, which owns 100 newspaper companies in the U.S., terminated a contract with Dilbert for unknown reasons. Um, he said uh, he said it's based on his political views, and it, it recently Adam started poking in front of the ESG movement, also known as the Environmental, Social, and Governance Movement, as uh, reported in Fox, and in most recent strip from Tuesday, he introduced a new character named Dave, uh, who's black, but identifies as white. So, <laughs> you know, I gotta be honest with you, the comics are funny, really funny. And it's no longer in the, you know, my brother, John is a wacko, we like to cut them out and put them in our, our kitchen every day because they're funny. Yeah, you are. So when I mentioned this to Dean before the show started, he's like, Dilbert? Never, I never heard of Dilbert. I'm like, you never heard of Dilbert? Never heard of Dilbert? He thinks well, Dalbert. I, I, they, have you ever heard of Ziggy? <laughs> I never heard of Ziggy. No, that's either. the one I never heard of Ziggy. You never heard Marley. of Ziggy? How about oh, Zig, the Peanuts? Ziggy Marley. You hear them? Yeah, no, I know the Peanuts. Yeah. The Dagwoods? No, never heard of them. The Dagwoods? No? Wow. No. I'm Hilda. Am I Sean Garfield? Or, or my mentor? All right, well, anyway, let's move on. And even funnier news... Uh, uh, Xi Jinping, who leads China's climate negotiations, told Germany's special climate envoy Jennifer Morgan via video link on Wednesday at the World Economic Forum um, that global climate governance was currently facing a multiple challenge and uncertainties. The climate policies of some European countries have shown a backswing, and it's hoped that this is just a temporary stopgap, he said. And uh, this is coming from China's environmental ministry, which is completely hysterical when you look at how much waste they pump into the oceans and into the air, and they're now lecturing. You want to know who the world's new superpower is? Look no further than what's being said at the World Economic Forum. Scary stuff.
All right. Anything else in news, Paul? Nope. All right. Very good. A um, couple of the things I want to just touch on with the the 11th Circuit, and um, you know, I only got a couple seconds here, and some of the things that are being asked from the from the judge uh, of Trump and his team. So, all right, we'll go through those when we get back. 26 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. minutes past the hour live from studio 6b you know i saw um Dildert? no i didn't no. see him i saw jared kushner on um with somebody i guess it was fox <laughs> where else would he have gone and he's criticizing uh, the governor of florida and i'm thinking to myself you know we have to remember that unfortunately a lot of these a lot of the people who were closest to the president we're really, and are really, you know, New York, big New York City libs. And that, that's, of course, as we've discussed, one of the problems, people around them. And unfortunately, and Jared Kushner, as good as he was, and I'm assuming very helpful in the Abraham Accords and things like that. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's helpful that he's out there criticizing the governor of Florida for this migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Like, what? Hello? He says, we have to remember that these are human beings. They're people. So seeing them used as political pawns is very troubling to me. And I'm thinking to myself, what? Well, when, where, how come you didn't say that when busloads were coming out in our parking lot and walking to the, to the, to the motel next door? How come every single motel in New York that's been, migrants have been flown in here are being filled up? Yep. All of them. All of the low-rent motels. The, I mean, for God's sakes, in Manhattan. The Milford Plaza. <laughs> are the you Broadway. They're flying people all over the country. That's not kidnapping. He sends 50 to Martha's Vineyard. Please, please, these lipstick liberals need a taste of their own reality. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do some news. Um, and here with the news, of course, brought to you by Seven Cells, is uh, Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well, Andrea Stewart-Cousins won't address the $670 million, uh, I'm sorry, $637 million Hochul pay-to-play scandal. Uh, Majority Leader uh, Andrea Stewart-Cousins repeatedly refused to weigh in on Thursday's um, discussion about the $637 million pay-to-play scandal engulfing Kathy Hochul, the un- uh, elected, uh, saying that she was satisfied with a fellow Democrat's vague denial of wrongdoing. At an unrelated press conference in her district, uh, Stuart Cousins of Yonkers, uh, who also with Hulkle and Assembly Speaker Carl Heastie of the Bronx, 
controls the state's legislative agenda, wouldn't answer questions from the Post about Republican demands for legislature to launch a probe into the COVID-19 test contracts awarded to one of Hochul's top campaign donors. And she said, I don't have a comment on that. I mean, Rick, are you kidding me with this? I mean, does this not? Is this? So she well, goes well, on. What is she going to say? Um, yeah, we we kind of did it. Nailed uh, me. Yeah, got uh, got us. Oops. <laughs> but she said, I certainly know the GOP <laughs> called for it, and they say, obviously, I think the governor has answered. At this point, I'm not responding. I mean, so like, it's just nope. Well, that's that, that, and and that's that's the signal. Um, I'm not responding. We're not talking about that. Move on. And what does the media do? Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, just, let's let's move on. Let's. Hey, hey, h- h- how you doing with those eyebrows this week? I mean, you look at that'll Hulk, be the next question, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, we've talked about Hochul's all her financial interests between the Bagula family, all through the ultra billionaire class of upstate New York, and. Uh, you know, she's as corrupt as it gets, and she's a puppet put right in place to keep all the gravy train in New York going, and they're just sucking it on the on, on, on the taxpayer teeth for way too long. And they're, they're like the heart of it. They're like, they stay under the radar for their crazy compared to, like, California, who's in the front and center with right. their crazy. Yeah. So anyway, the state's number three elected official also wouldn't respond when reminded the same reporter and partisan attacks over the 2015 corruption conviction of Republican predecessor Dean Skelos or address the recent accusations by Assembly Minority Leader uh, William Barclay and Democrat legislators were covering up for one of their own. Uh, she said, I really don't have anything that I can enlighten you with right now. You know, so it, it's, it doesn't stop. It, it, it's, it never ends. All you could hope for is we, every single New Yorker gets out there and stumps and campaigns and pushes for Lee Zeldin. If, if five million New Yorkers all get out to vote, we can get New York back and be like, you know, when Pataki was in there. We just need help because yeah. this is, it's over. If New York falls, then the rest is gone. You know what I mean? We could kill, we could kill globalists here and now, in my opinion, with, with a New York win. All right, very good, Paul Nolan. Um, Any clips? Any crazy towns? America's Top 10 Countdown is a brand new show here on Real America's Voice. And the, okay, we're still working on the um, Skype for Wayne Allen Root, who's going to join us right now, talk about his new show, and he's going to join us for the odds makers here at the end of the show. And lots going on with, obviously, the former president. want to ask him about that. We're just getting some technical issues worked out, and then he'll join us. One of the other things I want to bring up, and I don't know if you guys heard this, do you know that Alan Dershowitz just joined Mike Lindell's legal team? Yeah, good for him. And he wrote an article in the Wall Street Journal today, and he says, um, I disagree with my pillow founder, Mike Lindell, about a lot of things, including his belief that the 2020 election was stolen from Donald Trump. I'm a liberal Democrat. He's a conservative Republican, yet I am enthusiastically representing him in his lawsuit against the Justice Department and the Federal Bureau of Investigations over the recent search and seizure of his telephone, which I saw today, some kind of a ruling from, I don't know if it was Judge Deary or, or somebody in the, in the, in the Trump, uh, was applied to something about Lindell trying to get his phone back, and they would not allow it even still up to today. Unbelievable. Yeah, they're, they're, they're claiming it's some case of stolen identity that he stole somebody's identity. What the he- what, what the heck are they? What what are they talking about? Are they just making up stuff now just to just so they can have some place to to fill in the blank on any type of uh, you know uh, probable cause charge that they're going to try and make? This is ridiculous. Some of the stuff that they try and come up with. 
He stole some. The, the guy's one of the most recognizable people in the country. He's the pillow guy. Yeah. But he's stealing identities. Oh, okay. <laughs> What, what do you think? He's going to walk around like like he's uh, well, like he, he might James? Be, he might get those glasses with the nose and the mustache. Wait, he already has the nose and the mustache. That's right. And, yeah, he's that, those guys won't work. Right. That's right. It's ridiculous. They just, it's just anybody who stands up against the establishment with a great fervor just gets assaulted. It's just another, it's just another political weaponization of, 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 of the alphabet gangs. It's crazy what they get away with. Never normalize it. He says, as soon as it was announced that I'd be joining his defense team, people asked me why. Why would I represent someone who I believe is trying to destroy American democracy? It's a good question. Well, it's important for Democrats who support Joe Biden's legitimate presidency, of course, Allen says, and object to Mr. Trump's violation of constitutional norms to resist unconstitutional efforts by Mr. Biden's administration and supporters to also abuse the law, particularly the criminal justice system, against their political opponents it's easy for republicans to criticize the justice department for overreaching just as it was easy for democrats to try to criticize the trump administration what is difficult to criticize officials of one's own party when they go too far yet it is essential to try to keep politics out of the justice system so this is in the uh, wall street journal and i thought um you know mike lindell is a patriot he has given of his personal wealth of his company's wealth, of his time. When COVID hit, he um, revamped everything the company was doing. I mean, there's been no bigger proponent of America and of the Trump administration and of President Trump personally, which, by the way, the president makes reference to in about every, every one of these rallies he does, is Mike Lindell. And so um, Professor Dershowitz is... You know, good for him for representing him, just like good for him for defending President Trump against impeachment, too, as he was, as he did. Um, So, You know, as we've said on the show before, right, the fact, the very notion that there are left-wing judges, uh, you know, in in the Supreme Court and right-wing, it's the Constitution. It's either follow the Constitution or don't. Is it constitutional or not? It's not about bending it to, to your liberal you know, views or, you know, it's constitutional. That's all we're asking for. Yeah, and treat everybody the same. Yeah, have one set of laws. That's all we're asking for is one set of laws. So go get Hunter. Now. <laughs> all right. All right, we'll Go do Delaware. Go. Do Delaware. Go. All right, go um, how are we doing on Wayne, G? Still having problems there? All right, we're still having, still having some issues with, um, with Skype and getting a connection to Wayne Allen Root, who again is the host of America's Top Ten Countdown, which you can see on weekends right here now on Real America's nice. Voice. And Mr. Root is... Um, very smart, man. Very smart. And um, in multiple things, by the way. Multiple things. Not Well, we're not probably as smart as him, Paul, but ve- unlike us, uh, like us, I mean... We have uh, found our way into the world of politics and the world of sports, as he has done. Yeah. Except um, we didn't go to Columbia. <laughs> except he's, he's done it way better and smarter than we. We, we, we it, didn't yes. write a book. No, 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 no. We didn't read a book. No. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul, you don't even own a book. <laughs> but I do take some book. Yeah. He's exactly right. So, so, so it's like what, uh, what Andrew Dice Clay says. He, he, Wayne, Allen, Wayne Allen Root has extra talent. <laughs> right? Yes. 
It's like, uh, the, remember the TV show Cheers with Coach? He had the gray hair. Yeah. Hey, well, my friends used to call me Red. W- why is that, Coach? You have red hair? No, I read a book once. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a nationally syndicated radio show that he does every day uh, from 6 to 9. Extra talent. So he's extremely, extremely busy as well. So, um, Cut 9G, speaking of, as I was speaking, because I wasn't here yesterday, as the, the Fed, which was really a striking, his, his speech was a really almost a dark warning to where we are in this country fiscally. And of course, we've been screaming about it forever. The spending, the deficit spending, the $31 trillion in debt, the unfunded liabilities, the never ever seemingly ever again balanced budget um, that we'll never see. Um, The Marxist drunken spending that the Democrats do, the overspending that the Republicans do. There's a difference between those two, by the way. Um, So Obama's economic advisor, Jason Furman, he was on cut nine. He's a little worried. Roll that. How worried are you? I am worried about the situation we're in. Historically, you've never seen the Fed be able to bring inflation down from this type of level without causing a recession. You heard the Fed chair in August at Jackson Hole say basically he's single-mindedly concerned about inflation and if unemployment starts rising he's not going to let up on what he needs to do i think that's incredibly unpleasant incredibly unfortunate but the alternative might be even worse if you let inflation get entrenched it could require an even bigger recession a couple years from now to bring it down yeah And it's interesting that he's concerned about it now because eight years under uh, the president he served was the beginning of the Marxist-like spending as he racked up more debt during those eight years than all of the other presidents combined up till 2008. And again, Republicans don't have clean hands in all this either, but nothing like what we saw between 2008 and 2016 and what we've seen in 18 months of Joe Biden. It's why it makes it laughable as he gets on and talks about the big spending Democrats. We cut the budget. Just laughable. Build back better. College um, debt scam. He's cut nothing. He's made it worse. And just to the point I was making before. (laughs) There he goes. (laughs) Just put this up for one second, G, before we go to commercial. If you secured a 30-year fixed home mortgage, a 600000 home on 2.6 in 2021, you have the same monthly mortgage payment as someone who just bought a $392,000 home at 6.2% interest rate. That's how it affects people. All right, Odds Makers Sports News coming up. to the hour live from studio 6b on a thursday once again we're off tomorrow rally coverage starting at four four to five with ed and karen and terrence and then five to six steve bannon will pick it up and then we pick it back up at six right through the president's speech north carolina tomorrow lock it in real america's voice they'll be covering the rally like only we can right here on real america's voice so we're going to reschedule with wayne allen root really looking forward to having him on but uh had some technical difficulties on the audio we'll figure out why that is and uh, we'll try to reschedule Mr. Roofer maybe Monday um, and have him on. So 
All right, now it's time, though, before we do news and sports, it's time since we are off tomorrow. It is time for our weekly segment of the Odds Makers with Slick Rick Sports. Let's go, Slick Rick. All right, Big D, 2,500. Let's wait for the music here, Slick. Let's wait for the music. Let me drive the car. Thank you. You're always in a rush. (laughs) Week four, college football is here. Where's our current standing, G? Slick Rick is still in the driver's seat. 2,500, you said, on these college games? 2,500 on all the games, Big D. On all the games, okay. Week four, college football. Give me game number one. Okay, we're going to go with Iowa State over Baylor, going with the great state and laying the two and a half points. All right, Iowa State. State. Mine is two and a half. Are they on the road? Iowa State is uh, is home. Okay, home. Mine is two and a half over Baylor. Game one. What's game number two? North Carolina minus one and a half at home. Looking to tar and feather a stumbling Irish team. So I'm taking North Carolina minus one and a half. Notre Dame has had some terrible losses this year. Obviously, Brian Kelly left, went to LSU. Notre Dame not looking good. So you're going against the Irish in game number two. All right. What's game number three? My Buckeyes, Ohio State laying 19, but they're home. They're taking on Wisconsin in a Buckeye beatdown. That's what I'm predicting. So I think they they win by at least three touchdowns. Ohio State wants to show why they should be number one. All right. Slick Rick still (laughs) laying the chalk. 19 and a half here. Ohio State over Whiskey. The Badgers, that's... uh, Whiskey's on the road. The Badgers uh, on the road. Badgers are on the road, Big D. Yep, okay. at the U. All yep. right, that's game number three. What's your final college game for week four? 9.30 game, a USC minus six on the road versus Oregon State. I'm riding with the Trojans in a Beaver beatdown, baby. I'm going with the Trojans, man, minus six. All right, so it's oh all. Oh, boy. It's all chalk. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, boy. All chalk go. for the Slickster. A beaver beatdown by USC, the Trojans. USC minus six and a half, you said? Minus uh, minus six and a half, big deal. Well, minus six, six straight. All right, minus six. All right, there you go. There's your college picks for the week. Let's head over to the NFL week three on a Sunday and, of course, a Monday nighter yep. that Slick Rick may have some interest in. Let's go game number one, Slick Rick. All right, well, right now, game number one is Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Steelers lead 14-13 at the half. I'm, I'm getting four and a half points. Well, that game's tonight. That game's exactly. Game That's part one. of it. That's part of it. Okay. So part of the th- and then here's three more games, big D. Game number I- two. Game number two, we're going to take the Bills. Minus five and a half at Miami. Dolphins looking. Stop five and a half. I went off Caesars, Nolan. I went off Caesars. <laughs> oh, God. Dolphins. He's Go saying you, man. All right, I'll give six. I'll make Paul happy. He must be happy. It's in not a matter of being happy. It's just a matter of being in the number. Well, I went five and a half off Caesars at five o'clock. Maybe, the, maybe it moved to half a point. It is five and a half now. My bad. Dolphins looking good, but the Bills are the best team in football, and I'm circling <laughs> the bandwagons. Give me the Bills, Big D. I'm All right, Bills the Bills on the road. They've looked impressive in two blowouts. Slick Rick's buying into the hype. Going to lay five and a half on the road down in Miami. Yes, sir. Who just came off of an absolute win for the, I mean, for the lifetime, as they did in Baltimore last week. So, okay. That's game number two. What's game number three? Bengals minus six will get unbungled and beat the Jets at Met Get a Life Stadium Sunday at (laughs) 1 p.m. So, I'm taking the Bengals laying six. Bengals laying six. They got to right the ship. You know, no team since they moved to three wild card spots or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, no team that started the season 0 and 2 has ever made the playoffs. Me and Paul went over that today on uh, doing Ooh. sports radio. Some stats. So they've got to get it together here. <laughs> uh, so you're laying it with the Bengals over the Jets. No, no thought that the Jets might be better than we think here after the big win last week. Absolutely not. And okay. Cle- <laughs> Cleveland's going to prove it tonight because the Steelers are going to finish them off. Okay. Very and good. One more. And big what's team? game number four? Oh, God. 
Rams, minus three and a half. 4.25 p.m. traveling to the desert to smack Arizona quarterback Kyler Murray with a dose of reality right in the old kisser, just like what happened in Vegas. So Kyle, Ky- Kyler Murray is going to be running for his life. Nah, I'm taking the Rams. They're, gonna, they're right in the ship. I know they had a tough game against Atlanta last week, but they're right in the ship. Give me the Rams. I'm going to lay three and a half in the desert. Okay. All right. It's all chalk across the board. <laughs> One more time from the Slickster. It's, that's looking at another 500 at best week here. So I'm going to pick up money this week for sure. I owe, uh, I owe Slick Rick an apology. I bet Miami plus six about three hours ago. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so that's why. I, nah. But you're right. It's five and a half now. Okay. I'm, I'm laying more chalk than the Staples special for back to school. <laughs> I'm going, baby. I can't, believe I can't believe you're not doing the Dallas game. He's laying so that's much Monday chalk. That's Monday night, Rick. We'll oh. be here Monday night. I'll be All on right. set. All my right. Dallas jersey on. And he's we'll going to play hopscotch on the sidewalk with how much chalk he laid. You better believe it. All right. Very good. There's your odds makers for a week four college football, week three in the end. NFL. All right, very good. Slick Rick, we'll see how it goes. Uh, this game is at the half tonight, so you're, you're looking okay right now here. So anything else in sports we don't, we want to go over before we're uh, done for the week? No, that or? covers it, Big D. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. All right, very good. <laughs> uh, Paul Nolan, anything else in the news? You know, from the city that wants to defund the police, multiple suitcases apparently filled with body parts were found inside a Brooklyn apartment Wednesday afternoon. Excuse Cops me? made the gruesome discovery at 315 Linwood Street in East New York around 1.30 in the afternoon after a foul odor, odor was reported from the sixth floor home. Officials entered the apartment and discovered blood and human remains after receiving word from tenants um, that a 20-year-old woman in her 20s was unaccounted for. The person of interest has been identified and being sought for questioning uh, according to sources. That's right. You heard it right. Multiple suitcases apparently filled with body parts found inside a Brooklyn important. Uh, if you're thinking about tourism in New York, um, <laughs> just rethink it. Man, oh, man. Good Lord. Yeah. All right, a couple good videos that we haven't gone over Please that I did God see this help week. Us. Cut 21, maybe the best social media account to follow on Twitter, Maze Moore. Trump versus Biden, 60 minutes. G, roll it. We created the greatest economy in the history of our country. Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. The unemployment numbers for African-Americans, for Asian-Americans, for Hispanic-Americans, virtually every number was the best. Inflation rate month to month was just uh, 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 just an inch. We had the best stock market price ever. I got that. But guess <laughs> what we are? We're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. You know what? She deleted 33,000 emails. How that could possibly happen. How anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? (laughs) By that, I mean names of people who helped or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. Yeah, I think it's disgraceful what she's done. I I mean, honest to God, that's all I think. The biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. <laughs> Don't. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. Yes. It was our Justice Department. Yes. It was Obama and Biden. <laughs> it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. So wrong. I think what happened was disgraceful. It should never have happened. Think about that. Should never have happened. Think of how that has changed everything. 
What kind of ice cream? What flavor ice cream do you have? <laughs> you think I would tell you if I knew exactly what it would be? Of course I'm not going to tell you. You just come in here with that negative attitude. And it's much too cream. early to make that kind of decision. And when I finish, this country <laughs> will be in a position like it hasn't been maybe ever? I'm more optimistic than I've been in a long time. <laughs> oh, man. I mean... That is, uh, that's some pretty good editing right there. Maze Moore on Twitter, who just really is uh, one of the best follows. That's Babylon B in their videos, and Maze Moore and, and, and that was what right he's there, able like to put together. Bad lip reading. That, ha- like, that was edited as well as that yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was just, uh, just really, really good. So, All right, our apologies to Wayne Allen Root. We'll try to get him rescheduled for Monday or early next week to get him on the show. Maybe we can get some, maybe consistently on, fr- on Thursdays or Fridays will be good. You can be part of the odds makers because he's better at that than, than all of us too. So, Enjoy the rally tomorrow night. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, guys, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6P audience. 4 o'clock tomorrow. Lock it in. Well, watch all day and then get ready. President Trump and the rally tomorrow night. We'll have coverage for you exclusively right here at Real America's Voice. And we'll see you on Monday night right here live from Studio 6B.